is Ishai Fleischer, station manager of Israel National Radio. We'll be holding our annual Shevathon fundraiser January 28th all night long. This is your chance to give back to your favorite Israeli radio station by contributing and making it possible for us to do our holy work and make your donation to Israel National Radio, a Roots Shevathon. You're listening to Israel National Radio. You're listening to Israel National Radio. Shalom and welcome to all of you lovers of Hashem, His Torah, Israel, and the nations. You're listening to Noahide Nations Radio here on Israel National Radio. I'm your co-host Ray Patterson, and of course, joining me today, as always, is my partner, Mr. Prescott Johnson. Prescott, <laughs> come on in here. How you doing? I'm fine, Ray, and uh, how are you? I'm doing pretty well today. You've probably already heard about it up in Canada, but let me go ahead and get it out there for everyone to know that I know what went on with the voting (laughs) and the election that went on in Massachusetts. Can you believe that a Republican actually won a Democratic seat in the Senate? The U.S. Senate, the seat that used to be held by Ted Kennedy forever. I don't know if it was 40 years or forever, but Ted Kennedy had this seat for always. I mean, <laughs> and and we have a Republican who won it, and finally the voice of America was heard in possibly one of the smallest states, Massachusetts. So uh, to answer your question, I'm doing pretty good today. <laughs> Uh, you control your enthusiasm, Ray. Well, I've, I had to put my seatbelt on because I knew this show was going to get uh, kind of crazy. But uh, and it's so interesting that prior to all of this even happening, uh, we had decided to do a show on progressive liberalism and the Torah. Mm. All of a sudden, this whole thing manifested itself during this election, and and I think it is even more appropriate now uh, to talk about it. I think we were uh, talking about it during the the Carol Long interview that you know what teachers and the schools were teaching our kids, and uh, it kind of came up that going, gosh, maybe this uh, sounds like a show, and so (laughs) here we are, we're doing this show and. By gosh, we might even do a second one. This might get so good. But anyway, <laughs> folks, uh, we appreciate you joining us today. And as I mentioned earlier, this show is going to be on progressive liberalism and Torah. And I don't want to say versus the Torah, but that's kind of what it is. Uh, because we know that, that Hashem created both good and evil. And the reason that that creation was done was so that man, us, would have freedom of choice. We'd have free will to either go against Hashem's way or to walk in Hashem's way. So when we ask the question, what is evil, what is the definition of evil, (laughs) one could easily state that it has everything to do with walking away from Hashem's path. If you don't follow in His Torah, if you don't apply that in your life, that in essence would be considered evil because, let's face it, it's all about Hashem. It's all about our Creator. And if we do follow in that, that's what makes us righteous and pious individuals uh, among the nations for, for us Noahites. So 
Today we'd kind of like to jump into this whole progressive liberalism and their viewpoint on a variety of topics and at the same time take and see how it's being applied today possibly, if it's changed at all, and then also see what uh, uh, the Torah possibly says about that particular issue. Hmm. Well, does that sound about right to you, Prescott? Yeah, it uh, it, it does, because uh, I, I guess uh, uh, being the uh, voice of reason sometimes, or at least attempting to be the voice of reason uh, <laughs> in an exuberant uh, world... <laughs> I think you had one too many cups of coffee. Well, and I was—I think you were up late last night, uh, maybe partying a little with uh, with the boys in Massachusetts. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, but I—I uh, I was in my sleep as well. So, uh, yeah, no, all, all understandable. I mean, uh, I, I have no problem uh, putting on my sleeve that I am a, a conservative, uh, and of course, in Canada here we have liberals and conservatives, and then we have. Out there on the far left, we have uh, the New Democrat Party, and uh, uh, they certainly would be very much in line with a lot of the uh, kind of ideas that we see emerging out of uh, Obama's administration. And uh, I guess, uh, my again, back to my being the voice of reason that this is not about Democrats versus Republicans. Uh, because there are many Democrats that uh, are, I guess, what we would call religiously aligned. Uh, they they have um, uh, they believe in God, but uh, clearly have chosen to identify with certain social issues related to what Democrats probably more uh, stand for than than Republicans. That, or at least that's the perception that they like to. Uh, sell people the idea that they're more compassionate and that they they care about people more <laughs> right. and um, and of course as religious people we're supposed to care about people so of course uh, often those of us on the right get targeted with you know that we are not compassionate and that uh, you know that we're very law and order types and uh, you know our, our answer our solution to the problems in society is to throw bad guys in jail and uh, and uh, let them rot as opposed to rehabilitating them and uh, which uh, anyway but that's a whole other story in another show right so my voice of reason only is that uh, we we have uh, uh, we have many people who have many political um, things that attract them to different political parties and we're not interested in attacking political parties but we're interested in attacking certain political ideologies that some people within certain parties embrace because there are things that right. you know there are things that I I like we've we've talked before about uh things like how we treat animals uh people on the right typically are very much into you know let's quote sport uh fishing sport hunting we don't we don't kill to feed our families we kill because we want a rack to hang up on the wall and uh in my mind that that to me is problematic from a Torah perspective. Uh, it's fine if you need to feed your family to, uh, you know, to go out and uh, catch animals or to to kill animals, but to simply go out and get a rack to hang on your wall, I'd have a problem with that. Uh, I agree. You know, so so, but what we're really dealing with is we're looking at the um, the many elements, the many uh, different issues, social issues of the progressive left that fly so in the face of the Shavah Mitzvot, of the Seven Commandments, that 
any, I, I, I don't know anybody who could, uh, if they love Torah, uh, possibly uh, support uh, these agendas and these ideas. Well, and just to reiterate that, uh, we aren't here to debate uh, the R and the D after a particular politician's name, no. because it's not the R and the D that matter. What matters is the the what's right and what is wrong. Exactly. It's the ID. Yeah. It's the ideology, yeah. and anyone can maintain an ideology and yet still be a Democrat, or yet still be a Republican, or yet still be an Independent. Whatever you can call them, whatever you want. Yeah. And we uh, and, and we want what we're to talking do. about is is the ideology uh, and and our I, I, ideology based upon Torah. Right, exactly. So I think I think that's the the way we really need to look at it, and and I'm I, I'm going to go ahead and share with everyone that I pulled some of this information off of a, a liberal website, and I found this very fascinating because they start off saying by it seems these days conservatives have convinced themselves and some of the American public that being a liberal is akin to being a card carrying member of the Communist Party. And I found that statement to be rather interesting because of some of the investigations that have gone on with some of the individuals that were you know, brought into the White House. Mm. Van Jones is an example. Now, you go back and see some of the, the prior speeches that he made uh, before getting brought into the White House, and he openly admits he's a communist. Yeah. He believes in the Communist Party and, and the Communist ideology. Now, what's interesting about this is uh, uh, this particular... A group uh, goes on to say that liberalism stands on specific issues with the desire to promote life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness as the central motivation. The liberal always defends these tenets when deciding how to stand on a particular issue. The following will show why liberals often take the stance they do. So I thought, you know, having read that, I thought, you know what, this is a really good instrument to be using as, as part of this show to kind of help guide us through. And as I started reading some of their stances on these issues, I realized that we're talking about two different groups of people here. Mm. Number one, we're talking about these liberals who we could probably say would be the the uh, uh, old liberal, maybe the, uh, uh, like, like we would say, that a Kennedy Democrat kind of liberal. Right. Okay, And then we have today's liberal, which they attach the name progressive liberal, which all comes from, uh, what's the, the guy's name, Saul uh, Alinsky, Saul I think Alinsky, his name yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, this is where this all came, and it really got launched with Woodrow Wilson and, and all of the nonsense that he put us through. Um, I shouldn't say us because we, we weren't around then, but people we know, I mean, our grandparents, and you know, the, they, they were around for this type of thing. So anyway, let's go ahead and take a simple one just to kind of start this off. And the simple one I'm going for is uh, abortion. I mean, this is something that everybody can get their mind around pretty easily <laughs> because it's such a, I don't want to say popular topic, but it's a, a, a topic of interest on both sides, uh, and both sides feel very strongly about their position on it. It's been in the center of public debate for so long that everybody is aware of where the two sides sit and often why. So Right. So we don't so, we don't have to do a lot of historical, <laughs> you know, descriptions of how we got to where we are, because it's been such a hot potato. Right, and interestingly, the way they define these various things is uh, using the word liberty. 
So in their estimation concerning abortion, liberty means the freedom to control your body, your reproductive system, and your future. I just found this very intriguing because it only uh, pertains to the me, me, me world. It's what I perceive as freedom, uh, and that means what I choose to do with my body. It means what I choose to do with my reproductive system and what I choose to do about my future. Totally removes Hashem from the equation on, on all of this. And you'll note that this is a common thread through the majority of the things we're going to touch on today. But for example, uh, how can we say that we have control over our body? Uh, yes, we have the control to destroy it or to make it uh, you know, stronger and healthier and all of that, but we really don't own it. It is not ours. Mm-hmm. Hashem created us and is allowing us to use this body to do what we were meant to do uh, our our role in creation, the things that we need to correct, the tikkun of, of each and every one of us. So if we look at uh, uh, abortion in the eyes of this particular liberal group, it means freedom to control your own body, your reproductive system, and your future, totally eliminating the idea of what about the child? Mm-hmm. This is almost saying that akin to murder is that you don't have to really worry about anybody else. Just worry about your own body, worry about your own uh, reproductive system, and your own future. And this, my friends, is murder. Abortion is nothing short of murder. I don't really care how they are choosing to define it, the way Hashem defines it is as murder. You are taking an individual life, a life that Hashem was bringing into this world for a reason. So it's it's not only murder of an individual, it's also theft from Hashem, yeah. because Hashem's the creator of this innocent, unborn child. Mm-hmm. So uh, this would be, you know, there we go. As far as the Sheva votes, we have murder and theft yeah. right from the get-go. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, it does, it's interesting because some of the, uh, I guess, what I would see is uh, uh, hypocrisy in their wanting to define, an ind- like you, you have control of your own body, but what happens the minute that they want to make us wear seatbelts? in our cars what happens the minute that they don't want us to eat trans fats and so they pass laws and legislations that forbid us from eating certain things or we're going to be taxed or uh you know financially punished in some way for that uh all of a sudden they want control of your body and it's usually the the same people that are that are supporting uh a woman's right to an abortion because she has the right to control her body but then they deny us or they deny the population control of their bodies in so many other ways that are no differently intrusive. I, so I it's agree. A, so it's a bit... It, it, now, I, I need to qualify that because the minute that I say that, we have to take the reverse role and we have to say, well, if we're opposed to abortion because they don't have control over their body in that respect, then we should be against any control over... Uh, or we are exercising control over the woman's body, then we are also in favor of exercising control over other people's freedoms. But the issue with the control over the other person's body is not the issue that the Torah is concerned about. The Torah doesn't forbid 
uh, abortion because it wants to deny a person the right to control their own body. It's because it sees that there's another person involved in the equation, and that being right. the unborn child. Right, and you're literally controlling that individual's body in the most extreme way. Very much so. Uh, so I, you know, can't help but uh, uh, agree 100 percent with that. Well, I and was I hoping also, you were going to argue with me, but uh. yeah, well, <laughs> that, uh, I don't know if today is the day for that. But it's also interesting. You know, you talk about contradictions. Uh, another big one, and this constantly, you know, gets me almost at a point of where I'm bored of it now. Let me guess. Is, let me guess. Capital punishment. Uh, uh, no. <laughs> But yes, the one that really gets me is the fact that they will be in your face waving the flag of self-righteousness about saving the whales (laughs) or saving (laughs) the trees. And they will go out and they, and it's, you know, don't get me wrong. I find this to be a very commendable, uh, not only thought, but a very commendable act. Mm-hmm. As Hashem's creation and as the elevated ones in creation, we are supposed to take care of creation. So with certainty, I agree with their idea of do what we can yeah. to help preserve animal life. But the ideology of saving whales and killing babies makes no sense at all. There isn't a, a, a shred of common sense in there anywhere. And the the Torah is very clear about it. You are not allowed to take a life, not even your own. You're not allowed to commit suicide because it's not your body. It's not yours to do that to. Mm-hmm. It's Hashem's, and we are here for a reason. But uh, this is, you know, if I, if you talk about contradictions. That's one of the biggies too. And of course, I, you know, like like you say, capital punishment is, is another one. They'll, you know, raise their again their flag of self righteousness and uh, say that we, you know, need to be saving this, you know, this mass murderer, for example. Uh, but let's go ahead and kill this innocent child who's done nothing. Right. Done absolutely nothing. So, like I say, there's no uh, shred of decency or common sense in the ideology of that particular issue in in our society today. Yeah, yeah. I I was just uh, reminded of a, um, and and I I brought it up here in Google, uh, a story here, it looks like back in November, of uh, a boy who was caught on an ice floe with three polar bears and uh, ended up uh, killing the bears, or at least killing one of them, I believe. And uh, there was an outrage over... Uh, the fact that he would kill these bears. I mean, the the guy he was he was uh, uh, stranded on this ice floe, <laughs> and apparently, uh, well, you know the 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 polar bears, according to the folks at Copenhagen, uh, they're on their you know they're on their <laughs> right. way, they're on their last legs, and you get this teen who uh, shoots the polar bear, and uh, I, I guess there were some folks that weren't uh, weren't uh, very happy about that. Uh, so. Well, and and these are the folks that are these progressive liberals. Yeah. It, it's it's amazing to me. I remember during the presidential campaign down here uh, that it was okay for people to, and I actually saw this. They showed this on TV and some of them, the, uh, well, what they used to call mainstream media. Mm. Uh, it's no longer considered mainstream. Uh, but they actually had a, a, a rendition of, Sarah Palin. Oh, yeah. 
And somebody in California made this thing and then hung it outside their house, as if as, literally hung it, An a FG, rope yeah. around there, yeah. exactly. And of course, they attributed, oh well, it's Halloween, it's you know all of this, and you yeah. know what? It's it's yeah, it was during the political season, mm-hmm. uh, but you know if somebody had done that of Obama. The liberals, yeah. the progressive liberals, would have been all over a, a conservative uh, if a conservative had done that. Well, and a conservative it, you know, wouldn't really do that. In fact, they were uh, when a cartoon came out of uh, Obama painted up like the Joker. And, of course, when they researched and found out who actually had created that, uh, it was actually right. uh, somebody <laughs> who had supported the Democrats. Uh well, so, that's that's how they go about their business, and again, we're, you know, we don't want to get too much into the political side of this. Yeah, we, we we yeah we've got into dealing with hypocrisy. Let's let's get back to uh, you know uh, the these issues that clearly uh, are a, are a problem from a Torah perspective in terms of the things that they embrace. So we we've got uh, we've got uh, abortion. Uh, as as one of the main ones, yeah, abortion is yeah, yeah. is a, is a, is an obvious one, um, and we're going to get into uh, uh, some others here. And in fact, we're, we're getting we're bumping uh, up there, kind of yeah. somewhat close to uh, bumping up against the bottom of the of the hour. Uh, but some of the other areas that we're going to touch on is you know things like affirmative action, which is a a, a liberal and progressive liberal uh, stance. It was invented by them. Uh, education, the things that are kind of going into the educational system. Uh, our environment, another big thing that's going on, especially with Copenhagen uh, having uh, having recently took place. Uh, we also have other things like gun control and health and uh, regulations and uh, you know all all kinds of things such as this that we are going to be uh, touching on. Again, we're kind of bumping up against the bottom of the hour, and what I want to do is go ahead and uh, do some housekeeping and come back for the second half uh, and do this. Uh, as I always mention every week, Prescott and I thoroughly enjoy getting your emails, so please do keep them coming in uh, by sending them to noahide at israelnationalradio.com. And also, for all of you folks out there, there's going to be a tremendous opportunity to do a mitzvot, and it uh, has to do with Israel National Radio uh, on January 28th, and it's an all-night deal, and it's what is known as the Shevathon fundraiser and give you an opportunity to make donations in support of uh, Route 7 and in particular Israel National Radio. So we certainly hope that all of you can make it out there and if you can't please do uh, make a call and make a donation. You can do that by calling 1-800-270-4288. So I think we'll go ahead and we're going to take this break now, Prescott, and uh, look forward to getting back into this. Maybe we can get a few more topics in here, uh, get them covered, more than just one. (laughs) But uh, that's why I say maybe we need to do more than one show. But anyway, folks, let's go ahead and scoot on out of here and take that break. Prescott, we'll see you on the other side. All right, Ray.
Israel is known for its breakthroughs in medical research, including the field of herbal supplements. Prisho Opuntimal is dedicated to the wellness of men and women, particularly in the areas of prostate and urinary tract health. We make it affordable for you to get the very best natural health supplements available. Don't just suffer. Get Prisho brand Opuntimal. Order it online at prisho.com. That's P-R-I-S-S-O dot com. Planning a trip to Israel? You need a licensed tour guide. See Israel like you've never seen it before. Israel National Radio's own Mayor Eisenman will take you around the country for an educational and fun experience. Each tourist gets a personally designed tour based on his preferences. The land of the Bible comes alive in the hands of an energetic and experienced tour guide. Visit www.israelbymayor.com. That's israelbymayor, M-E-I-R. Or email directly at israelbymayor at gmail.com. Well, welcome back, everybody. We are certainly glad that you stuck around for the second half of this show. And we're having a a good time here talking about good and evil, as it were. And I honestly believe that. I I believe in this world today that progressive liberalism represents the the evil that exists in the world. And there's all Mm -hmm. kinds of, of evil. I mean, there's people who kill people, but uh, I'm closer to this because I'm here in America and I'm seeing firsthand what's happening. Others are living through it right now with uh, places like Venezuela and and Chavez and uh, people uh, in Iran. We are beginning to see around the world uprisings. And we saw it with the uh, election of the new Senator Brown out of Massachusetts. We saw the people of Massachusetts rebelling, and they were actually voicing the same rebellion that's going to happen at the end of 2010. It'll be the voice of America in that case. That was kind of the original uh, Tea Party uh, state, wasn't it? Yeah. There, there you go. And then, yeah, that's interesting uh, <laughs> that that was the original. And then you got Iran. I mean, look at what's going on in Iran. I mean, people are standing up for themselves. Sadly, they're to the point where they're killing those people. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you can't rise up against them. And that's exactly what this country would come to if we ever let them get there. So hopefully that will never happen. But um, anyway, back to the ideology of progressive liberalism and as it relates to Torah. So let's take uh, you know kind of a, another interesting thing here. It kind of ties in with the last one based on uh, you know saving whales, saving the trees, and it's our environment. Liberalism defines it, again, using the word liberty for the environment. Liberty means the fair use of our nation's national resources for all citizens, where possible, without unreasonable restriction to private enterprise. The government should strive to protect our natural environment so all can enjoy its bounty. That you know, sounds I good, though, doesn't you, it? Yes, it really does. I was just going to say, uh, you know, I got to tell you, I read that and I said, oh my gosh, this isn't a liberal, it's a conservative. You know, but I, you know, I really kind of broke this down and, and realized that indeed this may be the old philosophy of the liberal because it certainly isn't the philosophy of today. That or whoever, you know, whoever's website this is, they're just flat out lying. 
to try and brainwash people. I don't know which it is, but let's give them the benefit of the doubt. And you know, this is an old time liberal when you know being liberal meant liberty well, because well, they it, use it so often here. Well, it, I guess we're back to uh, a question of you know how do you interpret uh, words and and language because. Um, uh, if you were to interpret that as to mean that uh, the government then has the right to uh, go in and uh, exercise certain uh, controls in a particular area that would result in uh, a negative impact on the economy and so on locally, uh, that would uh, – the, the cost to uh, the people – who would be impacted? Like if you were to close down a, a mine simply because you wanted to, uh, you you wanted to close down coal as a, as an industry, as a as a uh, one of your resources for producing energy. If you wanted to shut down coal, right. you, you shut down an economy and you hurt a lot of people. You could use the language of that statement that you made as a justification for doing that, um, but you're really the motive behind why it's being done in many of these cases is that it, it has no regard for human beings. It has no regard for the impact that it has on people, but rather almost a philosophical or almost a religious idea about how you look at the earth as, you know, what, what should the earth look like? It should be beautiful and green and have pretty flowers and there shouldn't be smoke spewing out of, you know what I'm saying? Right. So, so right. it's been it's the motivation behind the language that it, what what makes the language itself sounds so nice. What they say, and it, and, and it always does. It always does, <laughs> but it's the it's what they do with it that right. often ends up sounding or becoming so perverse in how it is actualized in in our lives, like what we end up living with. It's like the. Um, I'm trying to remember what they uh, what it's called in the the states the uh, you know the the pension program uh, so that uh, you know when you hit 65 the government basically starts oh uh, social security social security so you got right. something like social security which sounds so nice that you know we're going to look after you uh, and, right. and 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 of course what they what the real language is is that this now becomes a juggernaut or uh, an albatross that gets hung around your neck as a society that uh, results in higher taxation and more government intrusion into your personal liberty. Uh, anyway, that's... Uh, well, and, and particularly so when you have individuals who are not honest, they don't really con concern themselves with their constituency, even though they talk about mm -hmm. doing so. Uh, these are just not honest people. Yeah. And certainly in order for Hashem's world to come into being, you have to be at least honest uh, at a minimum. <laughs> right. It, but, and that's kind of where the, where the kind of, I guess what I would call the legitimate criticism that sometimes comes from the left is because there are many, shall we say, corporations who don't act honestly. Right. And, and I, and, and that's why I'm going to say that and this, as far as their ideas on the environment, I agree with it. Right. But I agree with it only to a certain extent based on their actions. For example, they have here that were possible without unreasonable restriction to private enterprise. I agree with that. On the other hand, there are restrictions on enterprise because there's greedy people mm. who, uh, rather than properly 
uh, uh, get rid of waste, the chemicals and things of this nature, they would rather dump it into rivers and, and lakes and not give a second thought about who might be drinking that water. Why? For the almighty dollar. Right. And that's a, a real big problem and, in essence, is a form of idolatry as far as I'm concerned because, in essence, you're worshiping the, the dollar at the expense of possibly killing other people rather than uh, Hashem who says preserve life. Right. So, you know, I agree with it to an extent. And there's another, you know, contradiction that goes on here, too. It's not with trees and it's not with whales. This particular story came out of California where the, the progressive liberals were attempting and succeeded, by the way, in the preservation of some minnow. Uh, the smell. And I mean, exactly. <laughs> That's what it was. Yeah. And there were billions of them. I mean, there, there, there's so many, it's, it's unimaginable. You could never count them. Or as Hashem would say, as many as the, the grains of sand. <laughs> I mean, that's how many there were. But they literally were able to shut down an entire water system in an area so that they, people, the farmers who've been farming there forever, could no longer grow food. Mm. So what do we have now? We have people being deprived of food. We have people being deprived of their living. All for what? A minnow. Yeah. Makes and it and as far as I'm concerned, it's not a, a a minnow, and it has nothing to do with whether it's endangered or not. It has everything to do with how it's affecting mankind. And rather than try to figure out ways to work with it, the progressive liberals just figure out ways to uh, uh, successfully eliminate what's going on, which in this case was the farms in the water. Right, right. Because on the on the other side of the argument, apparently that smelt plays a significant role in the salmon population. And so from the other side of the aisle, they make the argument that uh, we need to preserve these, these smelts in order to preserve the salmon population as they're doing their run up the river and so on, and they feed on these smelts and all the rest of it. And while I would accept that as a premise for uh, being concerned about preserving the smelts, that wasn't their interest. Their interest wasn't really in preserving the smelt. It was really in engaging in, in exercising, I think, a control over the economy which this had, because there would have been many ways to deal with this that wouldn't be necessary for it to, to shut down the whole irrigation system that uh, feeds the the uh, the valley, uh, and I forget what the name of the valley is there, where where all of the uh, orchards are. I'm I'm from Canada, forgive me, and uh, but <laughs> but but the fact is is that that's where so much of our food comes from. So not only does it affect the local economy in terms of the farmers there and so on and the people that work in the in the orchards, but it also affects uh, the food production that feeds the rest of. North America or helps feed the rest of North America. And it's kind of like, let's find a better solution. Like certainly over time, couldn't we be taking steps to either take and fix these irrigation uh, gates that are killing the minnow and uh, find it? I mean, that's ingenuity and the creativity of, of people is to overcome these problems, not simply say it's a problem. Let's shut the thing down. Right, and, and that's, that's exactly right. And that always seems to be the action that they take is, let's see how many people we can hurt or how, how we can impose our will on other people rather than saying, let's figure out how to solve 
this problem because if you're going to save the salmon and and end up uh, you know destroying a large section of the economy which California can't afford uh right now to be in that uh, you know to have that kind of economic uh, stranglehold on uh, on the farms I well and it's and it's all uh, you're right it has to do with power in the name of the environment uh we have seen our federal government swipe land which they call national parks <laughs> it's literally uh, land grabs is is what they're doing and any time they run into an instance of uh, just like this with the minnow government just comes in and steals the land yeah and then and because they they have laws that say that to preserve that form of life uh, we can steal your land, and which is interesting because, uh, as I mentioned in the first part of the show, that they're, the, you know these liberals seem to want to promote life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It's not the pursuit of happiness. The Constitution says pursuit of property. Right. In other words, the government cannot steal your property, and yet that's what we have. <laughs> this whole idea of theft uh, just, you know, you can't get enough of it with the way they're conducting themselves uh, in the environment. Uh, our House Speaker, the leader of the House, Nancy Pelosi, Pelosi. <laughs> somehow managed to wrangle $20 million out of the, the stimulus bill. She wrangled $20 million to save some kind of titmouse in her district. You're telling me with $20 million, you could build a titmouse resort for $20 million. I mean, please, don't tell me that that $20 million is going for that. And, of course, it goes there, and then you never hear boo about it again. So, to me, that is theft. They have no intentions of saving a mouse. Uh, that's just $20 million that they needed to line their pockets with in her district with the hopes of being elected for another term. Mm. Another wonderful one that everyone's familiar with is uh, this whole global warming thing. Or now they call it climate change. You know, and I I can I can only laugh at this whole thing because especially recently we all I'm sure heard about the emails that have come out that are just they're devastating these progressive liberals who basically have told us that the debate is over. Global warming is happening the debate is over. And because now they can't defend themselves on global warming, they're now switching it to climate change. And let's face it, folks, if there was a climate change, you wouldn't need weathermen. (laughs) Right? I mean, (laughs) where is the common sense Mm. in fighting for the cause of climate change? It happens every year. It happens every day of every year. And to state that man is the cause of it is ridiculous. What I see going on is, and I think everyone's pretty familiar with this figure, $145 trillion to fix global climate change. That is theft if I've ever seen it. You're talking about the population of the world now having to produce $145 trillion to satisfy these progressive liberals' uh, lust for money. Yeah. Because that has nothing to do with the environment. Well, you, you know, know I mean? they've they got to build a garage big enough to park the earth in to fix, and that's going to cost a lot of money. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. I, you know, it, I, I mean – Asking this kind of money uh, to fix planet when they haven't been able to definitively demonstrate what the problem is. I mean, if I was going to, uh, if I had a problem with my vehicle, I at least have some idea of where the problem came from and how to go about fixing it. Because 
we've got lots of experience in terms of if the engine is missing, there's a miss in the engine, we know where the problems might be. We can't, with our short history of, of understanding climate and understanding uh, how the earth behaves over a long period of time with the short window of history that we have to uh, to look at what the earth's climate actually uh, how it responds to various stimulus oh i had to use the word stimulus uh, uh, the you know <laughs> if you're going to if you're going to produce pollution and you're saying that by producing pollution it's going to have this kind of an effect then demonstrate through history why it is that we have been able to show that these effects have happened before, but we didn't have man-made pollution causing it. Now, logic, right. logic would tell you that obviously that's not the problem if it's happened before and we weren't around to cause the problem then. And it just seems to everything they do is it, it defies logic, but it's all about control. It's all about, well, as I say, enriching uh, their own pockets. Uh, right, exactly right. And, you know, proof of this, and I'll, you know, I hate to bring his name into it, but I'm going to, Al Gore. Oh. Here's a guy that you know, not only invented the Internet, uh, he invented global warming <laughs> as well. But anyway, he's got so much money uh, wrapped up in companies that are environmentally oriented, that will, that will sell environmental products and services and things like this. And yet his home, to heat it in the winter, costs more than the entire city that he lives in. Uh, he drives SUVs. He takes private jets. So when you have the leader of this movement violating and doing the very things he's advocating against, where does the common sense come into play that I should believe this person? Now, they're, they're, you, you can't. <laughs> you're, you're pointing out an inconvenient truth. <laughs> yeah, and thank God for email. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but anyway, in terms of the Shevamitz vote, you know, I think clearly we have seen you know, theft here in, in a variety of ways. And quite frankly, we could call it corruption because you know, we, we, we see that in here. I also believe that we see idolatry in here. And no, they're not getting on their hands and knees and bowing to uh, and worshiping uh, a god by name. But in essence, uh, the money that they are trying to extract from the people for this you know, totally fabricated cause is, is, is theft. It's absolute theft. And the fact that they have people in government who are pushing for it as well, that tells me that there's a lot of corruption involved. You know, in fact, when you talk about corruption, when you go back to the story of Noah, why did, why did Hashem uh, destroy all of mankind with the flood? Because of robbery and corruption and robbery and corruption. Oh, and did I say robbery? Uh, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, to, to Hashem, what is going on here is not righteous, mm -hmm. and it does not put you in the category of pious of the nations, yeah. which is you know kind of interesting, too, if we talk about this idea of health care. You want to talk about corruption. I mean, holy cow. I mean, you've experienced some of this in your own country, and we're uh, trying to fight it and resist it as best we can. And I, I'm not here to say that there is no problems with the healthcare system, but I'm telling you, to fix this problem is so simple a caveman could do it. 
what these people are trying to do in in Congress is is nothing but a power play again. Mm-hmm. It is control over people and their bodies. It is control over uh, taxation, so that they can tax you more and justify it uh, in, by, by by oh, it's all about your health. And it has nothing whatsoever to do with that because I'm going to tell you an intelligent caveman would tell you that the government's, the federal government's role based on the Constitution is to ensure that interstate commerce exists. In other words, they're here to clear any hurdles that might prevent businesses from doing business in, for, in one state or another uh, beyond their own home state. Mm. Now, with the way our insurance industry is set up here, the states are, are kind of preventing insurance companies from coming in and offering their health insurance policy. In other words, they're limiting the amount of competition. Now, if the federal government really wanted to help, all they'd have to do is their job and say, wait a minute, based on the Constitution, you cannot do this. You must allow everybody to vie for business regardless of the state. Mm-hmm. And if they were to, to enact that one thing, they would have so much competition, you would see the cost of health care plummet. Mm. The insurance premiums would plummet. And you take and attach this whole idea of trial attorneys getting rich if you were to uh, readjust that whole situation where people uh, can only, they can sue, but they can only recover so much, that would that would go a long way to solving whatever problems. But you have to stimulate the competition first. Mm. The competition will bring insurance rates down, which our government, I don't know what yours, but our government says that <laughs> that's the problem, is that uh, you know insurance rates are skyrocketing. <laughs> well, that's because there's no competition. And I'm telling you, if they did this, every caveman in America would say, hey, that was my idea. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, well, I know, I know, we're bumping up against the uh, uh, the top of the hour. I think. Uh, yeah, we're we're getting we're getting pretty close. But yeah. uh, just to kind of touch on you know the whole healthcare thing, we'll probably get into it again. Uh, yes, we uh, will later. <laughs> I think we're going to have to do another show. But to a liberal, liberty means the freedom to overcome physical limitations in order to better yourself, your family, your community, and your country. So in other words, the liberals, the progressive liberals would like for you to do what they say to help you fix yourself. (laughs) Because they believe in overcoming physical limitations, and they're here to show you how. (laughs) So we'll probably uh, get into that a little bit more because that idea of liberty, you know, means freedom of of overcoming physical limitations scares the heck out of me, and it scares the heck out of most people here in the United States and and possibly around the world because I know there's a lot of countries out there having to endure the so-called universal health care, which has turned out to be a nightmare in in many people's lives because we hear, because our our health system is so good right now, that people from your neck of the woods in Canada are are coming to the United States to be treated for poor health. They have operations. It's, you know. Yeah, I think most most Canadians, if they... If they were to ask around, they would easily find somebody that they either know personally or someone knows someone personally who has had to go to the U.S. in order to get care unavailable here in Canada. And when they have to go south of the border, you know, most of those procedures are not paid for 
by the Canadian government and people have to actually raise money to be able to uh, to get uh, care in the States for things they can't get here. Well, we're really running up against it now, Prescott. We're going to need to run in a hurry. I told you. But in the meantime, folks, <laughs> keep in mind, do a misvote and make a donation to uh, our Route 7 and or Israel National Radio. In the meantime, we will go ahead and get on out of here, and we will see you next week, my friends, where I think we're going to talk a little bit more about progressive liberalism and the Torah. Thanks for being here. Shavuotov. Shalom. When IDF soldiers are out in the field, they can really use a good pizza or some freshly baked goods. You can't beat our donuts. They're real donuts. Show them that you care. Send a tasty gift to an IDF soldier. Visit our website at Herbie'sBakeShop.com. That's Herbie with a Y. Just fill out the order online. They'll love you for it. Or you can make the Israel National Radio staff's day by sending them coffee or a pizza break. Just fill out the order online. Herbie'sBakeShop.com. Herbie'sBakeShop.com. Joshua had one at Jericho. Gideon had one. Now you can too. You can buy your very own authentic Israeli-made ceremonial ram's horn or shofar anywhere in the world by visiting www.thegreatshofar.com. For free shipping, enter the code INR on the website checkout page. That's INR for Israel National Radio. Get your very own shofar at www.thegreatshofar.com 